This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It's once again good to be with you and have these gentlemen in the studio. All of the regulars are here. Men, maybe just take a quick moment, share any Fun things from the, the summer, relaxing vacations, things that were just good for you as a person to get away from some of the, since all of us have had opportunities to get away, get away from the normal routine of life. I just rolled in last night from uh, the coast, Cannon Beach, uh, Oregon. Had those wonderful walks on the beach and just out of cell service and everything else. It was uh, refreshing. Just a chance to relax, a, a day that began doing nothing and ended doing nothing, that was, that was pretty special. Felt like Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just dated yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, um, we were gone for a while, and our first stop was in Utah. And that was, I think, one of the highlights, I think, of our trip uh, for me. We stayed at this little town called Huntsville. And it's about half an hour between a couple of parks. And one of them was, it's called Goblin Valley State Park. And it's got all these cool rock formations that look like goblins and things like that. But the reason why we wanted to go there is it's it's on what's called the International Dark Sky Registry. So there are no lights for miles and miles and miles. And so, I mean, in God's providence, it was a night that had, you know, the moon was not out and uh, we had no lights for miles and we could see all these stars and the milky way and satellites going by and all these things so it was a real treat for for our family the, you know the the treasure of going to places like what you're talking about or going to the coast is you know, the natural revelation that we have in god's created order points back to god so we can yeah. we can recreate we can recreate yep. uh, you know our you know it's a sense of appreciation for the majesty and awesome power of god yeah our family we uh we sang psalm 19 as we were there mm-hmm. lying and uh looking at the stars uh wife and i got to do an adventure day we took some kayaks to the base of Shoshone Falls out near Twin Falls and that was pretty epic talk about just the power and beauty of God and the the smallness you sense of yourself that was mm-hmm. that was a pretty special day yeah my family and I were spent just a little over a week in Banff and Jasper and Glacier National Parks and speaking of the grandeur of of God as you see these massive mountains and uh, mm-hmm. the glaciers and the waterfalls and all of the the beauty that surrounds that and no it's good to to be out in God's created world and be there with family is, is the, the added bonus. We began yesterday talking about gospel fluency. Gospel is the good news in response to the bad news of the fall of into sin of Adam and Eve that brought all of us into that same state that we're born as sinners. We were born in sin. 
We are born, as Ephesians 2 said, as children of wrath, dead in our sin and trespasses. But that wonderful phrase, but God. And God intervenes into our bad situation and brings good news. And so we began by talking about that that good news really comes about because of the work of Jesus Christ, his life, death, resurrection, ascension. So we talked yesterday about his life and death. Did one of you want to just summarize what we said yesterday about his life and death? Yeah, it's Christ's perfect life that fulfilled the covenant of works and the obligation to obey the laws of God, which is then earning righteousness, which is then imputed into us. And then because Christ uh, obeyed the law perfectly, he was able to become an atoning sacrifice for sin or the propitiation, enduring the wrath of God. So as Russ said yesterday, it was exhausted upon Christ. And so there's this great exchange, as Luther talked about, which Ryan referenced, that uh, Christ's righteousness is imputed to us and our sin and the wrath that we deserve is then given to Christ. Theologically, that's called justification. Sometimes people just get half of justification. They talk about the fact that Jesus bore the sins of his people, but it's also important to know that his perfect righteousness is imputed to us, that both are necessary for our salvation. How does the resurrection of Jesus Christ come into play in this good news? It's the uh, clear declaration that Christ won. And uh, we read in Romans chapter 1, verse 4, Speaking of Jesus, Paul writes, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. And so in Christ being raised from the dead, he was declaring his victory over everything. And uh, he was the declaration of God that he was successful. He did what he came to do. It was finished. And uh, as before he ascended the next one, uh, he was Already, all authority had been given to him on heaven, under heaven and on earth. At least in part, I think we can say that the resurrection is the Father's amen to the work of, of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. the resurrection is the acknowledgement that the Father has accepted the work of his Son. Mm. Yes. And so, with the resurrection, it's the declaration that Jesus has won, but it's, it's also you know, the defeat of sin and death and hell. That's the message of triumph. Um, you know, the, when uh, you know we're talking about the good, good message, the euangelion, the you know the gospel, the good message, and that word actually has some technical meaning. You know, it's, you know, back in the day, you know, when the Greeks would go out and fight a battle, you know, they would send out their armies. They wouldn't know how the battle went. You know, they'd have a messenger. You talk about the runners in a marathon. Well, that that actually has. Uh, goes back to somebody coming back from a battle to speak about the victory and and the, and to declare that good news. The good news is not, you know, what the Greeks are wearing in Rome or anything like that. It's not what what the Spartans are wearing. That you know that, that's the stuff that's buried way into the newspaper or into the news, you know, but the good message is the victory and the resurrection is the proclamation of that victory that God in Christ has defeated sin and death, and you know that victory is proclaimed by His resurrection. I don't. I don't want to say anything that that is unnecessarily offensive, but I, I do want to just provide hopefully a little bit of a corrective in the fact that some churches really dig in on Easter Sunday. Mm. And that becomes this pinnacle. I understand the sentiment. I understand what, what they're, they're getting at. 
but the reality is the resurrection is not one moment that we are to celebrate during the year. Each Sunday is to bo- supposed to be a resurrection Sunday. Mm-hmm. But the reason why we, we meet when we meet is because that is the day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And so the sentiment is that every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. And you don't have to wait until Easter Sunday to celebrate the resurrection. Every Sunday, every week should be a reminder that Jesus Christ not only died for my sins, but he, he rose again and ascended. We have 52 Easter Sundays a year. That's right. Why does the ascension matter so much? This is Christ's rule and reign over all things. Um, he ascended to the right hand of the Father where he rules and reigns, and then Hebrews will also tell us that he intercedes for us. He's praying and, and petitioning on our behalf constantly. So uh, one of the things I like to tell, remind the people of Valley Life is that uh, while I have the opportunity to, to preach full-time, Jesus is really their senior pastor. Um, he's always available. His office door's never closed. His phone's never off. His email inbox is never full. He is always available, and it's because he has this posture of sitting at the right hand of the Father, ruling and reigning over all things spiritually until one day, uh, which we'll get into the next, is, is he returns, and that is made visible to every eye. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's important, too, to remember that, because I think some people can miss this, is that you know, it, Jesus, it's almost like we, we sometimes think that Jesus had a bodily resurrection, then it's almost like he just kind of ascended in some ethereal way or something like that. But we need to remember that his ascension is also a bodily ascension. Like he still has his physical body. He still has his uh, human body, human soul, and those have been glorified. And I think the good news in that is that we have, like he is the fulfillment of you know the promised son of David that would come, the king who's, uh, reign will never end, and his his kingdom and, and the proclamation of this good news is going forward and expanding, bringing other nations under his feet in in, in the proclamation of the gospel going forward. His ascension is also a reminder we don't just have hope in this life. We, you know, you know, Paul says if we only have hope in this life, we are of all men most miserable. We have we have a hope uh, that goes beyond this life into uh, the life to come, the eternal life. And I, and I think we need to understand that the ascension fundamentally changed something. Jesus Christ has ruled from the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. So he's always ruled. He's always reigned. But with his death, life, death, and resurrection, and then with his ascension, he now rules as the God-man. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, God had made some promises to him. And what that means is that that has blown open the doors on the gospel going forward. Mm-hmm. And Psalm 2 talks about that God the Father has set his son on his holy hill in Zion as the one that reigns as the king. And he says, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. Mm -hmm. And as a result of the life, death, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ now has been able to go into the very throne room of heaven and ask the Father for the nations. And all authority has been given to him. Therefore, now his people can go into all the world, and the strong man, Satan, has been bound. Mm-hmm. And now the gospel can go forth with greater power, greater influence, because the king reigns in Zion, mm-hmm. who has defeated the power of the devil. Mm-hmm. And this is why the gospel is not different in the Old Testament than in the New Testament. It's the same gospel story. The difference is 
that God has given the gospel more power in the New Testament era because of, in time and space, Jesus Christ has bound the strong man because of his life, death, and resurrection. And so this is why now the, the gospel goes to all the nations and is getting fruit. And I think sometimes there's confusion on, on that aspect of, of the work of Christ. Mm-hmm. Lastly, Jesus Christ is coming again. Why does this matter for the gospel message? Well, that's the uh, kind of the culmination of all things. I mean, after his ascension, you know, we have, you know, the day of Pentecost and the sending of his Holy Spirit that we've, you know, in full. And then that promised return that as the disciples were looking up on the day of Jesus' ascension, the couple of angels appeared and said, you know, why do you stare up at the sky? He will return in like manner. And that's the promise we're all marching towards, looking forward to. It is the what we call the consummation of all the ages. It is that great day of judgment where all of human history as we know it will come to an end and the last and final age will begin. And uh, the call of the gospel is you will either spend that age in the glorious presence of Christ and his love or you will spend that age in his wrath and condemnation in hell. And so the call of the gospel is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Part of the message of the gospel is that we now have life. Mm-hmm. And what Psalm 16 would say is the fullness of that life is the, in the presence of God. And it's the return of Christ that ushers in the fullness of the life of the gospel. And so we get tastes of it here. We get the fullness of it in the age to come. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. <laughs>